one of the most significant prophecies in the Old Testament was that when the Messiah came, there would be great healing in the land. And we see one of those prophecies in the first reading from Isaiah. And Isaiah specifies the types of healings. He says, the eyes of the blind shall be opened, the ears of the deaf unstopped, and the tongue of the mute sing for joy. When Jesus began his ministry, it was noted for its many miracles. And in fact, when John the Baptist was in prison, and he sent one of his disciples to go ask Jesus, are you the Messiah? Jesus responded, well, what do you see in here? And then Jesus repeated those same miracles because he was performing them. In other words, these healing miracles had great witness value because the people at that time knew the Old Testament scriptures very, very well, the Jews. And so when they saw and heard what Jesus was doing, they connected the dots. Jesus' healing ministry did not stop with his death and resurrection. It continues in the church, which is his body, and in particular the sacraments, which are very powerful healing sacraments, particularly baptism, which heals us from original sin, brings the light of the Holy Spirit into us. That's why the early church, it was called the sacrament of illumination. And then we have the sacrament of confession, which heals us of our sins, particularly the deadly mortal sins, brings us new life resurrected life. We have the sacrament of the sick toward the end of our life. Powerful sacrament prepares us for heaven. And of course, the Eucharist, which is where we are going to receive today, the resurrected Christ, body, blood, soul, and divinity. So that's very powerful. But there's also something else that we should not in any way diminish. We are baptized into Christ and into his ministry of priest, prophet, and king, and in his healing ministry. We're called to be healers because of the great witness value that it has, particularly today when so many people are wounded. In fact, we're all wounded in some way. Sometimes we can look at another person and say, they seem to have everything together. I wish I were like them. But if you scratch just beneath the surface, you would see invariably that they have a cross to bear as well. We're all affected by original sin still. There's the effects of it, but also the sins of the culture. They seem to influence us in so many ways. So we are wounded, but we're called to be healers. Now, how do we begin this ministry? seems to me we should first ask the question, how am I wounded? What do I need to be healed from so that I can bring the light of Christ and his healing ministry to others? Do I have a hearing impediment? Do I not listen to certain people because of maybe past encounters or just perceptions? Or if I do hear, I really don't listen. I don't really try to understand where they're coming from. What about my tongue? Am I mute with respect to certain people that I keep a distance from? Maybe someone in my family, or at work, or in the neighborhood. Or if I do speak, is it harsh words of criticism or gossip? 
So that would be the way to begin our healing ministry, is just asking the Lord to first heal us. Now notice what Isaiah did in that first reading. The context here is very important. This was at a time when Israel as a nation is very much suffering because of their wounds, their sins, their idolatry. They had enemies at the doors. And Isaiah kept saying to them, you need to repent. You need to be faithful to the Lord and his commandments. And if you don't, your enemies will come in and conquer you. And for that, he was persecuted. And yet, he spoke words of encouragement at the same time, because those words would be etched in the minds of the people when they subsequently were conquered and were carted into captivity in Babylon. And while they were languishing there for years, these words would ring in their hearing, quote, this is Isaiah, be strong, do not fear, here is your God. And they did that. Even in captivity, when we read the prophetic books, we know that they kept the faith, and when they were finally released by King Cyrus of the Persians, they still had that faith. They went back to Jerusalem, they rebuilt the temple, and reestablished their faith. It's because of the encouraging words of a prophet like Isaiah, that's what we're called to do. In addition to words, however, we're called to healing actions. And here we come to the second reading. St. James warns us, don't act in such a way that you wound others. He gives an example. My brothers and sisters, he says, do you, with your acts of favoritism, really believe in our glorious Lord Jesus Christ? For if a man with gold rings and fine clothes comes into your assembly, and if a poor person in dirty clothes comes in, you take notice of one and not the other. And that's a real temptation. And it happens at all stratas of society. We're called to be different. We're called to recognize that each person is created in the image and likeness of God with great dignity. Because we know the damage that can be done when a person is rejected. Particularly our young people at a very tender age, if they get dished, if they get rejected by their peers, they can go into a kind of depression, self-isolation, and become bitter and resentful and cut off. Bad things can happen. Some of the most violent crimes are caused by people who were rejected, who were scorned, when they should have been accepted. This is a great opportunity for us in this very divided culture when there's so much discrimination and isolation and words of hurt and criticism to be healers. Because this, again, has such great witness value. Consider your own experience. Could you really name the last five Heisman Trophy winners in football? They were very popular at the time. No. Do you know how many records someone like Tiger Woods broke in golf? It was all over the news. No. But ask to name the person who really ministered to you when you were down and out and spoke a word of encouragement or who gave you acceptance when others rejected you or prayed for you when you were really sick 
or gave you material assistance when you were down and out, that person we can name readily. That's why it's so important to be healers. In today's gospel, we see just how Jesus undertook his healing. The man was deaf and mute. He couldn't hear. Jesus, therefore, touches the person because he would certainly feel that presence. Touch is such a loving, caring thing when done with great care, as Jesus did. And actually, he took some of his saliva and put it on the tongue of the man. It sounds weird to us, but very much would have communicated to that person that Jesus was going to communicate his very essence, perhaps an image of the Holy Spirit being transferred, the healing spirit to that person. And Jesus groaned when he spoke the words. That groaning would have been felt by the person as well. He knew he was loved. That's the greatest healing. But there was something else very important in that miracle that we can miss. The people who brought that person to Jesus and begged Jesus to heal their friend, they were involved in that great healing miracle. Because without them, there'd be no miracle. The person would be isolated. They cared enough to get involved. That's what we're called to do. It's sometimes difficult for us to recognize this healing ministry because, first of all, we're wounded, so we can tend to focus on our hurts. But here's where prayer becomes so important. When prayer is the central aspect of our lives daily, we meditate and allow Christ to speak to us, the Holy Spirit. He will direct us, give us a sense Go to that person who's suffering and speak a word of encouragement. Visit that person in the nursing home. Give some material assistance to the single mother down the road who's struggling. Pray for that person who is really, really in need of prayers. When we do that, we won't miss opportunities. Because let's face it, there's many, many opportunities to be healers every day, but I think we miss much. But that's because we're so distracted and busy. We need to come before the Lord each day and ask the Lord, show me, bring people to me who are hurting, help me see and hear, and then our healing ministry will really be effective. And that's when we are made whole, when we take on and continue this important ministry of healing. We ourselves are healed in the process, and then together, all of us praise the Lord and our community is built up. We're a family of parishes. We're called to be healers. I just wanted to emphasize that today because we can see these readings and read them and say, that was great how Jesus healed everyone. And leave it there. No, no. We're called Christians. We're called to exercise that ministry. And it's so important. Let's pray for ourselves. Pray for each other that we would take on this very vital and needed aspect of Christianity because of such great witness value and it does the will of God. And then we rejoice that we are in Christ, in the Spirit, and in the very healing ministry that God wants us to continue.